This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is a podcast brought to you by Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Do we need to reintroduce ourselves, Bentley? Absolutely. Let me reintroduce myself. I'm Bentley Manning. I'm a priest here at the Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. I'm Kellen. Um, I'm also a priest here. I'm so sorry that we haven't joined y'all on a podcast in a really long time, like five months, I think. Um, We don't, life's been busy. Ministry has sort of returned to its uh, normal pace, and we're just now getting to a moment, a week where we can pull a podcast together. I am sorry too, Kellen, because I mean, just selfishly, this is such a fun way to be creative, do something a bit different during the week. And I've found that sometimes the questions that we raise on this podcast uh, get out into the atmosphere, as it were, and people uh, check in about those things. So it yeah. kind of helps uh, rekindle some stuff, some conversation. So I'm I'm delighted that we're back on this. Yeah, I think it strengthens, you know, the bonds of affection, as we say, um, in the church between yeah. us, you and me, you know, and, and the wider community. I think we all... Depends on the day. Depends. Yeah, you're right. Depends on the day and the podcast. Um, <laughs> so what do you think we should talk about, Kellen? The election? Should we talk about Taylor Swift's new album? Should we talk about my birthday? Dios- Let's talk about your birthday. Diocesan convention? Okay, let's talk about your birthday. It was on Monday. Um, I hope everybody wishes Bentley a belated birthday. Um, You are almost 40, but not quite. 39. It's an interesting way to set that up. I'm 39. (laughs) You're almost 40. Right. And um, so next year's a big one. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And... I mean, lucky for me is, like, I'm not good at keeping track of my age, so... Yeah, I think we, we've told this story in the podcast before, but like I asked Bentley how old he was when I got here, when I started working for him, and um, he told me the wrong age. Like he, it wasn't, it wasn't a lie, right? We had a big debate about whether you were lying to me or whether you just literally were misinformed, and it turned out he was just misinformed about his own age. So um, I mean, I, I know that it's silly to forget how old you are, but it, I mean, in my estimation, it's like the least interesting thing you could say about me is like my age. I don't know if it's the least interesting thing. Well, I mean, yeah, you could, I mean, I guess other things. <laughs> yeah, other things yeah like what was your, I mean, I think like my first pet is more interesting than how old I am. I don't know. I think people are interested in each other's ages. Because it yeah. says something about your life experience? Sure. And your or lack generational thereof. expectations. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, think I don't, it's sort of interesting. I Thank you for the birthday wish. I appreciate that, Kellen.
We have Diocesan Convention this coming weekend. It's a big convention for the Diocese of Western North Carolina. We're celebrating our centennial, so 100 years of being this diocese in this place. And it's exciting because the presiding bishop, um, Michael Curry, is going to be with us. And I'm stoked about that. Are you? See, that's a generational thing, right? Stoked. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. And I don't think the kids' kids would say it either, right? Right, like only millennials would say that. Yeah, like... You're a millennial, though, so... You're just (laughs) an elder millennial, as we call them. I'm very excited about that as well, Kellen. Um, Psyched? Is that a better word? Would you say psyched? I'd say pumped up. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. Pumped up? (laughs) I would never say pumped up. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I really like the presiding bishop, as it turns out, like, you know, you, you want to certainly respect the office. and But we've got a, I think we have a gem at the moment. Uh, in, in Such a gem. In Bishop Curry. Powerful preacher, um, an incredible witness to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's done a whole lot, I think, to kind of hold this thing together. He, By this thing, you mean the Episcopal Church? Yeah, he's got a way of <laughs> keeping the main thing the main thing. Yeah. Which gives us something that we can all agree on, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you've you've written a uh, a chapter in a book that he published, Kellen. I can't believe that you're bringing that up right now. No, I just you I that's y'all that's your it. that's your connection to him. I've I've never met the presiding bishop, but so you, maybe I'll get to shake his hand or I'm gonna, give him a hug. I'm going to bring the copy of the book and have him sign it Please. and you sign it. <laughs> Please do not do that. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll get to hear him preach. That'll be fun. It'll it'll be wonderful to see our colleagues in the diocese. We'll do some church business. There's nothing like super exciting on the agenda this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be should be convention with the highlight of Michael Curry gracing us with his presence and wisdom. So lots of has happened since we were on this podcast, like you know, the whole summer, the whole fall. Um, and one of the things that took place um, in this time in between podcasts was our annual meeting where you set some sort of like priorities for our parish going forward. Um, we could talk about any number of those priorities. I actually think they're all um, really helpful and spot on in terms of a, um, yeah, a parish's focus. But one of the ones that you mentioned that maybe like surprised some people or um, we don't talk about a lot was evangelism. And um, I'm wondering like why you made that a priority for a parish going forward in the next year or years ahead and what that sort of means to you. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, interesting to me. I don't I, I think you're right, Kellen, that some folks found it a surprise. It's a surprise that it would be a surprise, right? I mean, if this is, uh, at least for the folks that fill the pews, kind of life itself, <laughs> um, goodness and beauty and truth and grace and salvation and love, um, wouldn't we want to share that with others? And so I think sometimes the church gets in trouble where it says something like, you know, um, if, we, if, if people don't show up, we're going to die. <laughs> I, 
I think in it's like an anxiety, yeah, like desperation around it. Yeah, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Um, we folks, we we want to invite folks into this life because this is life, um, and we want to share that with them. And I think, I think it's we do this we do this in other areas of our life, right? We recommend a restaurant. We recommend. Um, Brands that we love. A political party that we're committed to, ideologies, right? We do all this all the time, but then when it comes to our faith, we can get a little bit um, closed in on ourselves. And so I think um, I think on, on one basic level, we should care about it because Jesus told us to do it. And then on the other is that it just seems like a natural, a natural process of sharing with others something that you love Um, and maybe if the rector says this is a priority it gives people permission to do it um, to talk about their faith with others or uh, invite them to come to church which is a bit safer I think Mm -hmm. than kind of sharing with someone what Christ has done for you for them Um, inviting someone to church is a simple way just to share something of your life with others. Um, but, I, you know, we, we kind of talk about evangelism, then we laugh, get awkward, and then someone says, no, I'm being serious. And I, I'm being serious. I think, I think it's, it's, it's not an option. <laughs> Jesus says, you know, um, in any number of ways, go and, and share this word with others. So um, that's something I hope this place will do. Um, and other Christians will do across the world yeah that's right I mean the youth soccer club certainly is doing it the politicians are doing it Elon Musk is doing it everyone is sharing with other people what matters to them and I think the church should be no different oh let them speak of a man who lives to die Did my bones beat the pleasure of your fire? And my heart still breaks with rivers running wilder every day. It's how I know I am home. So Bentley, uh, if we follow our typical pattern, you are preaching this Sunday, so I will do my best to summarize Luke 21. Um, it's this, it's towards the end of Luke before the Passion narrative, and Jesus uh, is talking about things to come. Um, so he's talking about how the temple will be torn down. He's talking about uh, wars and insurrection and nations and kingdoms rising against each other, earthquakes and famines and plagues and great signs from heaven. Um, But before all of that will take place, there's going to be um, persecutions and trials of, of those who follow Jesus. And he, in this sort of um, word of warning about things to come, there's also this opportunity for the faithful to testify, to, um, to witness, 
to um, Jesus even at the threat of of death. Um, and there's this it ends with this bit of consolation, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Thanks, Kellen. I think that was a wonderful review of a very difficult, complicated, nuanced gospel reading. Thank you. I did my best. You did a wonderful job. So you are up to speak about this text or one of the texts coming up this Sunday. Maybe you'll choose a psalm, which is a lovely text. (laughs) Um, But if you were to preach on Luke 21, um, what, what would you say? The world around us, things have a tendency to fall apart. And in the midst of persecution, in the midst of um, plague, <laughs> um, wars, rumors of war, etc., we're going to be tested. And I think one of the ways that we are tested is is has to do with our allegiances and like where we put our hope, where we put our faith, where we put our trust. You know, some people say that you kind of learn the character of someone when things get tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's part of me that kind of thinks this gospel reading is is saying something like that. Um, it'd be really easy to follow lots of false teachers, idols, etc., Uh, in a time of fear and uncertainty, but God is saying to us, Christ is saying to us, trust the Lord. Um, Easier said than done, but I think that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm chewing on. We're encountering this sort of same type of writing in our Bible study with Revelation right now, and it can sound really intense and extreme and, um, and shocking, I guess, for our 21st century years. Um, but I'm I'm always looking for, you know, how is this a hopeful text? Um, because I do think that these texts were were written in part to offer to offer hope and consolation. Um, and I'm like so struck by that um, ending of the text. But not a hair of your head will perish. Um, Right, like all this horrible, tragic, all these horrible and tragic things are about to take place. And yes, you're going to be tested, but there's this like deeper, more true reality, which is like God has you in God's hand, and like nothing, nothing can harm you. Um, in sort of this way that actually matters. Like you just won't be harmed. Like your hairs on your head um, will be okay. Um, it, it might be hard to see that <laughs> in any given uh, trial or tribulation. I think it's hard for all of us to see that. But I do think this text is trying to point to, you know, like God, God really does um, have history um, under God's sovereignty. It's like, it's a warning and a promise. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Just to speak about the warning, I think, I think it, it misses the, like the, the deep comfort that these texts are really, really trying to offer. I think that's spot on. And one of the things that I just 
wondering, may or may not make it into a sermon, is um, if they're false teachers coming, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be, you know, the source of truth, what are the promises that they're offering us? What promises, if any, do they provide? And um, we're kind of, it seems like we're given a choice to live into one or the other. It doesn't mean that the promise is null and void if we live into the wrong one. But which one are we going to, which one will shape our lives? I mean, that's a that's a great question to think about, um, even apart from this text. It's like, um, what do you think that you're promised in life? What do you think God is promising you? Because if it if you think that God is promising you that, like, in the short term, you're not going to suffer or that your life will unfold with no hiccups. That's not to be found in scripture. There are going to be all sorts of ways that we suffer um, and struggle and uh, stumble. And uh, what promises, what hope are you going to hold on to? What promises and hope can you hold on to amidst all of that? Yeah, and my, my, my hope is that we would know and feel, uh, each one of us, that we belong to God, and God's not going to let go of us. Um, that's a promise he's made, and, and I think God will keep it. Here's a prayer written by Christina Rossetti. Lord Jesus Christ, make those who love you and who love you in return mirrors of you to those who are unloving, that being drawn to your image, they may reproduce it in themselves, light reflecting light, love kindling love, until God is all in all. Amen. All right, Kellen, this was a joy, a gift to get back on the podcast. I think we should give the people some announcements. Oh, yeah. So we have a new formation series this Sunday, 9 o'clock, Pictures of Heaven. Bentley, you're teaching that class. Anything you want to say about it? It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll use um, some stuff from popular culture and uh, scripture, the tradition, etc., to reflect on different uh, perspectives on life after death on heaven um, and and what scripture has to say about any and all of that. You should come, 9 o'clock, Jones Hall. Of course, we have an 8 o'clock and a 10.30 um, Holy Eucharist services on Sunday. And um, yeah, stay tuned for more um, Advent opportunities, which begins at the end of November. 
So very soon. In the meantime, we love you. God loves you. Peace be with you.